The Beloved Ministry is inspired by chapter 7 verse 10 of the Song of Songs. I am my beloved's and his desire is for me. Our aim is to help women, whatever their age or state of life, to come to know their true identity as God's beloved. Throughout the Easter season, we were pondering God's power to transform our lives and reflecting on the lives of women in scripture. Today is Pentecost, and so we are considering Mary, who was overcome with the Holy Spirit at the Annunciation, and was with the Apostles in the Upper Room at Pentecost. As we think of our own experiences of the Holy Spirit, let's listen to our scriptures for this episode. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke, chapter 1, verses 34 and 35. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 1, verse 14, and chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. All these were constantly devoting themselves to prayer, together with certain women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, as well as his brothers. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues, as of fire, appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other languages, as the Spirit gave them ability. Hello and welcome to our special Pentecost episode of the Beloved Podcast. I am delighted today for our final episode of the season to be joined by my co-host, Alice Hall. Hi, Alice. Hi, Ifa. It's lovely to be co-hosting with you today. Well, actually, we'll we'll leave you to host and I'll just be (laughs) alongside you. (laughs) Okay, and Alice and I are joined today by Allegra. So, Allegra, would you like to introduce yourself to us? and to the listeners. Yes, fantastic. And Aoife and Alice, thank you for having me um, today. I'm Malegra. I originally come from the Congo, uh, but I've been living in England for about 26 years now. So if you detect a little bit of an accent, I'm a native French speaker. 
I joined Zion Community in 2006 and worked full-time with the community for 12 years, working parish ministry and mostly parish missions up and down the country. And uh, I left the community in the summer of 2018 and um, took a role in evangelization in um, West End London, in the French church, before joining the parish of St. Peter and the Winchester Martyrs. Last year is when I joined as Director of Evangelization and Leadership, and I started two and a half weeks just before lockdown, so it's been quite a journey. Thank you for having <laughs> me. <laughs> oh, it's a pleasure to have you with us. Fantastic. So, in the scriptures that we've just heard, in the first one, we hear how Mary is filled with the Holy Spirit and how uh, Jesus is conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, and sometimes we refer to Mary as the spouse of the Holy Spirit. So on this Pentecost Sunday, I wonder, Allegra, if you want to start us off with what strikes you about Mary and about her relationship with the Holy Spirit? Well, actually, it was interesting because in um, the Annunciation reading is one that we've used so often on our mission that, you know, when you become very familiar with the text, and yet, as I was reflecting, you know, more specifically about today and what we're celebrating, the word spouse really struck me, you know, in, in that question about what does it mean to be the spouse of the Holy Spirit. But there's a different word in who Mary is um, or her attitude that came to mind. So I'd like to speak about her as the spouse of the Holy Spirit and the word disposition. So mm. starting with the spouse, I thought, okay, what is a spouse? And, you know, a spouse, someone you're married to, but also someone you make a vow to, um, someone that you vow to love and to cherish, someone you, you decide that in sickness and in health, you know, you will remain with them till death do you part. A spouse being someone you commit to uh, and you commit your whole life to them, someone you give yourself totally to, someone you do not hold back from. And in that spousal union where you the total self-giving of yourself to the other, no holding back. And in that union, you know, creation, a new being is created through the sacraments um, of marriage and that holy um, union. Now, those were just some words that came as I was thinking about spouse. But then you look at Mary and what does it mean to be the spouse of the Holy Spirit when you go back to that reflection about that self-giving and that commitment to be spoused to the Holy Spirit. And to me it was, well, actually, Mary in that spousal relationship was giving herself totally. She wasn't holding back at all. It was, I'm making a vow here, I'm committing myself fully and totally and completely. And uh, I just thought, wow, that's amazing that in her saying yes there, she was saying, I'm not holding back anything till death do us part. In the good time, mm -hmm. in the bad time, I'm saying yes, and I'm remaining faithful to that vow, to that commitment. So to me, that was how I saw, you know, being spoused, the spouse of the Holy Spirit. And the second word I thought of, which is not in the scripture, was again in that yes uh, that Mary gave, was her disposition, Mary's disposition, her attitude, to the message of the angel. She didn't know all that would happen or how it would happen, but she disposed herself to accept, to receive, and to be open to the power of God in her. 
and you know, I'm sure in the conversation we'll come back. I'd like to come back to that word disposition because it's Mary's disposition, but also you know, when you look at the catechism and what the, the, the teaching of the Catholic Church and what um, the catechism, the Church teaches us about the Holy Spirit and who the Holy Spirit is, she says that the Holy Spirit disposes us to welcome Christ in faith. So Mary is disposed in her attitude to welcome, you know, the message of the angel, to welcome the Holy Spirit overshadowing her. And then we have the incarnation. But actually the Holy Spirit is the one who disposes us to welcome Christ in faith. So it's always God's action first, where God disposes us to be disposed to welcome mm. the Holy Spirit. So to me, the reading, for one that's so familiar, was just like, wow, mind-blowing, just in those words. Yeah, so overshadowing spells and disposition. Yeah. Sorry, I got very excited as I was thinking about that. <laughs> No, that's great, Allegra. And I think everything that you've been saying really links to what I was thinking about as well as um, I was pondering Mary and her relationship with the Holy Spirit in terms of this idea of disposition that you're mentioning. You know, I was thinking about um, something a friend of mine used to used to talk about often in Advent, you know, pondering, really pondering what it meant that Mary conceived um, by the Holy Spirit, a physical baby within her and, you know, pondering and meditating um, in those in those weeks as we prepare for Christmas, you know, um, what that means. And, you know, the, we talk about the Holy Spirit in the life of the Trinity as like, you know, the conception of the love between the Father and the Son. So the Father loves the Son, the Son loves the Father, and their love is so real, it's another person, you know. So then we talk about marriage as a as an image of that Trinity, Um you know, that in marriage, you know, the love between two people creates another person. But here, you know, with Mary, we're seeing, um, we're seeing, like you were saying before, Allegra, that marriage, um, you know, that, but that between her and the Holy Spirit, her yes to the Holy Spirit, her disposition, her yes, um, makes this miracle happen. You know, it's like, it's nothing, it's nothing that we can imagine, really, is it? But, you know, it's, it's showing what, what our yes can be, how creative our yes can be, um, that she says yes to the Holy Spirit and a physical human person is conceived within her. And it's mind-blowing, really. What I was thinking about is that thing that comes in later from the angel, you know, that um, nothing is impossible for God. And I thought Mary must have been left, you know, as she saw this child growing in her, um, pondering on the reality of what had taken place, she must have been left with an unshakable kind of um, trust that God, re nothing mm. really is impossible to God because like, <laughs> you know, she's growing a human inside her because God has willed it. And that foundation of trust that it must have given her, that God can and will be able to give her anything she needs on this journey. I mean, she must have been overwhelmed by being the thought of being the mother of the Messiah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, she must have thought, well, the Holy Spirit's given the Messiah to me, so he's going to give me anything else I need, mm. you know. Um, so I suppose I was thinking there of her, maybe a bit of a companionship there of, you know, this Holy Spirit who created God in her um, to just know. And did she know it was the Holy Spirit? I mean, we're, we're, we're kind of putting that language, aren't we? You know, she's, mm. she's a, 
she's a Jewish woman who <laughs> believes in one God. You know, if we think about the Shema, there's one God. Um, so for her, it's like this complete trust in God, you know, trust that that he will be everything that she needs him to be, you know. So I think that's what I was I was reflecting on in terms of what that relationship must look like for her, you know, just a, a relationship of total trust and openness. But I really love the way that you've kind of developed that idea of the spouse and the disposition, I think. Mm. Yours sounded much more intelligent than mine, but it was the same <laughs> kind of idea. <laughs> Well, you know, we can go on a progression of, because uh, my initial reaction was even less, be you know, poetic and beautiful than Allegra's in that my, my first thought went, um, I think it was about just over a year ago when I first heard this, you know, which maybe is surprising as someone who's been a Catholic all their life, <laughs> uh, this idea of Mary as the spouse of the Holy Spirit. And my first gut reaction was like, oh, poor old St. Joe. Um, <laughs> you know, he's always left out, poor guy. But actually you know that that is a flippant comment but but yeah that, i like what you're both saying about it it's about that openness and that willingness to say yes and that willingness to say yes to whatever comes and so then i was reflecting on well what does it mean for me to be a spouse you know when i said yes when i married my husband i took on um this person without knowing where we and you know here we are years later we are both changed by time and experiences and things but was still united and I, and I think what that to me that idea of the spouse of the Holy Spirit it's that yes the Holy Spirit in that moment was she was very connected there to the Holy Spirit like you're talking about like it that um with Jesus being conceived in that moment but also the Holy Spirit stayed with her like being a spouse it's you, you might not always be in the same physical place you might not always be constantly in communication but you're always united and you're always together and so to me that was the idea of this being the spouse of the holy spirit was about just being constantly at one uh, with the holy spirit constantly in connection regardless of what else is going on i think um, that i sorry go ahead no, go. <laughs> and again if you know coming back to what you're saying Eva, is that even with in the ups and downs of your married life, mm -hmm. this is the person you've committed to. Yeah. And with Mary, you know, we also hear, you know, a few verses, chapter later, that a sword will pierce her own heart. So it wasn't, you know, God has said this, the power, what does this mean? You know, this power that will overshadow her. But we also know that her life was one of, you know, joy, but also of sorrow. So yeah. in that relationship, even for us as Christians, as we open ourselves to the gift of the Holy Spirit, it doesn't mean that from now on, you know, it's all, you know, rose-tinted glasses. It means <laughs> that the journey will be, will have its sorrow there. But it's that commitment and that saying mm. yes to God. What does that mean? We don't know what it means. You know, for me, 20 years on, I don't know that I was going to be where I was and the journey I've been on. But it's that continual yes. And I guess for yeah. you, Aoife, you know, being married is every day you're choosing, you know, for your relationship, you're choosing for your husband, you're mm -hmm. choosing that vow, you're choosing that commitment. And for us, in asking the Holy Spirit to overshadow us, to really feel us, it's a choosing every day for the Holy Spirit to inhabit us, to dwell in us every day, whatever that might mean. So scary, exciting, and oh well. <laughs> yeah. 
What struck me as you were sharing that, Allegra, was about the second reading um, where we hear about Pentecost, you know, so Mary's at Pentecost experiencing the Holy Spirit. And it, it occurs to me, um, you know, now Jesus had spoken several times in his life about the Holy Spirit. She has that language that now she's having this experience at Pentecost. You know, was it similar to what she experienced when she conceived Jesus at the Annunciation, you know, is it like she goes, oh, this is what happened. You know, it was the Holy Spirit or maybe she'd already become familiar in her life. Um, but it reminds me of something that Dave Matthews, um, he was a, a preacher who used to to come to the Celebrate Conference. And he spoke um, at that time. He was a Protestant. He's now become a Catholic, but he used to speak about Mary, you know, and he said that Mary was the first charismatic because she had that experience of Pentecost already um, before, you know, when the Holy Spirit, as you said, Allegra, overshadowed her. Um, but it just strikes me as you're, as you're sharing, if you know, that unknown journey, mm. um, there, there will have been moments of recognition of that spouse, you know, yeah. and there she is with the apostles in that moment when they all receive that Holy Spirit and, you know, maybe they also experienced it in, in their time with Jesus. And perhaps there's a familiarity, you know, um, that comes with that experience. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure lots of unknowns as well, you know. Um, yeah. Crazy things were happening like fire. And <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because we, we do. We, we hear about the Holy Spirit appearing as tongues of fire and also uh, enabling the first Christians to speak all sorts of different languages, which uh, like always as, as a young person, I was always really fascinated by languages. I did a degree in languages. And so I was like, oh, yes, come on, Holy Spirit, teach me German <laughs> <laughs> or teach me Japanese or whatever. Um, but yeah, I suppose. Uh, Would either of you be happy to share what your experience has been of being filled with the Holy Spirit and receiving his gifts? Yeah, I think um, perhaps that word familiarity is something I can start with because I grew up actually in a family that had experiences of what we'd call the charismatic gifts and and the presence of the Holy Spirit from very young. My parents um, started to have that gift of tongues, as we sometimes call it, the gift of speaking in other languages. I mean, I think God does enable people to speak German and French and things <laughs> like that. I know people that's happened to where they've kind of been in a situation where they could share the gospel with someone and spoke spoken French when they didn't know French. So I think that happens. But more commonly, we talk about the gift of tongues, which is, um, that prayer gift, which uh, Paul explains uh -huh. about in Corinthians. And I think um, that was something I grew up with. So my parents had received that gift and would pray in that way. So it was very normal to me. Like, um, I think when you grow up with something from when you're four, you know, it's just part of your experience. And I think for me, the Holy Spirit was the person of God. If we talk about the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the person of God that I related to easiest, I think, as a teenager when I... Um, my own faith became awakened. And um, in terms of receiving the gifts of the Holy Spirit, I remember it was very soon after I actually had a school mission in my school when I was in what's now called year 10. <laughs> you know, you have to, I'm, I'm too old to have been in year 10, but I was in year 10. And um, I had design community mission in my school. And then we started a little prayer group afterwards, some of us who'd been really touched by the mission. And we started to go to Zion community for some discipleship weekends and things like that. So I was learning about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And even though I was familiar with them from my family background, this was the first time I was kind of going, okay, like, am I going to have these gifts? And I was really, really keen to have the gift of tongues, like really keen. 
And I was taught that, you know, you, you don't just start praying in tongues. You normally you'd have to be speaking. So I'd sit in my bedroom. I was at boarding school. So I'd sit in my bedroom at boarding school going, come on, Jesus, give me the gift of tongues. And then I'd go, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. You know, I was like <laughs> trying really hard and nothing would happen. And I was really distressed. And, and other friends in my prayer group were receiving this gift. And I was like, why am I not receiving the gift? But I was quite focused on receiving the gift, I think, perhaps for myself. Mm. <laughs> and um, what happened, and this is something that's taught me a lot about the spirit and the gifts and is quite foundational to my understanding, was actually we were praying. I was praying with another friend during one of our prayer group meetings. Um, and I was really sincerely praying for her, you know, and as I was praying for her, I just started to speak in this other tongue. And um, it occurred to me at that moment, I wasn't thinking about wanting the gift for myself. I wasn't asking for anything. And it and it and later in my studies, you know, I'm, I read about St. Thomas Aquinas talks about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and how they're given for mission, how they're given for service and evangelization. And that's very much my belief that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are given to us in order to help us to have a relationship with God. You know, like I think the gift of tongues is a real great gift for prayer but also able to share god's word with other people like i suppose my experience in the main would be that sense of having an insight for those that i might mm. be praying for or the right thing to pray or the right thing to say um in, in luke 12 12 jesus says you know, not to worry about what we're going to say in front of anybody because he's going to give us the words to say. And as someone who's a teacher and a preacher, I've experienced that several times where I've really had nothing to say in a talk. <laughs> and then God's just provided. And sometimes he's asked me not to prepare even, you know, to trust that he's going to give me the words. So I don't recommend that, you know, because obviously <laughs> preparation. but sometimes I've felt that he's asked me to really rely on him in that way. And he he does give, you know, the words and I, I think the other thing is I was thinking about faith, really. Um, Paul speaks about the gift of faith, like a supernatural gift of faith. And I think there's moments, I remember once I was asked to pray for a girl who had cancer and I knew this girl personally, so I felt really intimidated to pray. And I'm not somebody who has a lot of, well, it's, I wouldn't even say desire. Of course, I desire physical healing. But, you know, as I was sharing the podcast last week, I'm much more interested in kind of inner healing. And, mm. you know, I don't go after praying for people for physical healing. My brother always does that. And I, I'm always very excited. And I've seen people physically healed. I believe in miracles, but it's not something I've, I necessarily go after. And I, I always think I don't have the faith for it. Anyway, in this situation, I just thought I really have to pray, you know. And in that moment, God just gave me faith to pray for healing. Mm. Um and uh, yeah i just think i think he he gives us boldness and courage through the holy spirit really um for mission for the things he asks us to do and 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 also i think it's through the holy spirit that i've received healing and freedom as i was sharing the podcast last week so so many different ways i'm sorry i'm just going on and on but so mm -hmm. many different ways in which i i experience being filled with the holy spirit and receiving his gifts but for me, it wasn't a one-time event or an obvious moment. You know, it wasn't like other people speak of a conversion moment or um, some people talk about a baptism in the Holy Spirit, um, like there was a before and after. Rather, for me, it was more like a growing, I suppose, in knowledge and understanding and, and maturing in my faith um, that brought me, you know, into this experience. And I, I guess that was because I knew about the Holy Spirit from an early age. You know, as I said before, it was something I grew up with that I was familiar with. 
I think for me, and um, this Pentecost, actually, I'm celebrating an anniversary because it was in 2001 that I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. So 20 years of saying yes to the Holy Spirit. Um, so really excited there. And for me, it was, um, I had, although I was a um, cradle Catholic, when I came to live in England um, 20, 20 odd years ago, I kind of fell away from my faith and you know, cultural differences, languages, all these became an obstacle to, to my faith. And really, during my university years, I fell away. So when I attended the Life in the Spirit seminars, in the seminars often run between Easter and Pentecost about living life in the power of the Holy Spirit, um, there was a weekend, Holy Spirit weekend. Now, when you're coming back in your faith, although I had gone through the sacramental programs, there's still things that, you know, baptism in the Holy Spirit, what does that mean? Holy Spirit weekend, what does that mean? Are we going to pray for the Holy Spirit to fill you? What does that mean? And a bit like with what Alice was saying earlier about Our Lady, and, um, you know, did she know when the angel appeared to her that, you know, who is the Holy Spirit? Because they knew the one God. So although I had gone through the sacramental program, a lot of the language was new. And I still remember um, the team who was there praying for us for this baptism in the Holy Spirit. And really, um, I think one of the ways I can explain baptism in the Holy Spirit is very, very simple. In that when we were baptized, we received the Holy Spirit. When we were confirmed, we were sealed with the Holy Spirit, you know, the bishop, you know, again, anointing us there. So when we're talking about baptism in the Holy Spirit, it's not the sacramental or the sacraments that happen, but it's that opening to the gift of the Holy Spirit that we receive through our baptism and were sealed with in confirmation. And um, St. Paul's letter to Timothy, second letter, says, find into a flame the gift that you received when hands were laid upon you. And at our baptism, hands were laid upon us as the priest prayed for the Holy Spirit to fill us. And when the bishop at confirmation again lays hands upon us. So really when we're talking about baptism in the Holy Spirit, it's not redoing our baptism or confirmation, but it's about fanning into a flame. It's about being open to the Lord, really releasing the gift of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So this is something I came to understand later. But um, I remember being prayed with in this group and the team started to pray in tongues. So I had my head down and I'm hearing all these weird languages. So you're trying to concentrate and say, okay, God, I'm open, God, I'm open. And I've got one eye open here and there because I'm thinking, what is going on in this space? <laughs> but I was more excited than I was afraid. And I think mm. that there's something there about, you know, when we, you know, when we're asking the Holy Spirit to fill us, you know, God only gives good gifts to his children. So mm. although I didn't really know what it was all about, I was, I was afraid, but I was more excited than afraid. And I thought, okay, yes, okay, come Holy Spirit. You know, I want everything, I want everything, I want everything. But nothing seemed to happen in that space at all. So I was disappointed because I thought, I've been waiting, you know, we've been praying, you know. Why isn't, you know, the Holy Spirit come? But we also know from Scripture and what Jesus says is that the Father will never refuse the gift of the Holy Spirit to whoever asks. And what we had been told at the end of the Holy Spirit weekend was, don't be disappointed. Keep on praying and asking God to fill you with his Holy Spirit. So I remember going back to my sister's house where I was staying and in a spare room, you know, my own there and thinking, okay, they said, keep praying, keep praying. So I'm sitting there in my early 20s, sitting there, not sure what to do. But I thought, okay, 
God, I'm open. God, I'm open. God, I'm open. <laughs> really, it was all I could pray. And all of a sudden, you know, I just had that desire to speak. It's almost like there was something in my throat there. And I had been told that that sometimes is one of the signs that, you know, maybe the Lord wants to impart the gift of tongues upon you. And that if that happens, open your mouth, which I did then. I opened my mouth. And this strange sound came out, you know, the first time I had heard it was earlier, you know, with this whole team of people I thought were crazy. And here I was, you know, a crazy one now praying in this way. And, um, you know, but I tried it and they had said, and then, you know, keep practicing, keep practicing. And then I asked afterwards um, for other people who prayed in, in tongues to, to just confirm that this was what was happening. So to me, that was 20 years ago. And over the years, Praying in tongues has been part of my prayer life. And like Ali said earlier, it's the gift of prayer. You know, it's really a gift of prayer. And um, I often see that as, you know, in the teaching we received at the time, as the gift of tongue being a gateway to the other gifts of the Holy Spirit. You know, miracles, prophecy, faith, uh, word of knowledge, you know, you name that. And so in praying more in tongues and praying more, um, I started, you know, I would pray in tongues and then something would come to mind. Or I would pray with someone and somebody, something would come in mind for them. Or I would pray a certain way and maybe they'd just break down and start crying and say, how did you know that? So I was exercising gifts of the Holy Spirit like word of knowledge or prophecy and faith and, and so on. But from praying in tongues, because... I hadn't received a teaching on how to use the gift of the Holy Spirit or how they were. But in being open to the Holy Spirit, I started to use the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So even today, when I'm praying with people or we're praying for something, I always start praying in tongues. Because to me, that's been a gateway. That's been the door to the other gifts of the Holy Spirit. And actually, just to say, you know, Alice mentioned about, you know, you know, um, praying and hoping for another language and um, a few weeks ago uh, we had a holy spirit weekend because we run alpha in the parish and i started praying in tongues for the group for many of them it's the first time they were hearing it and it's important i felt that to be able to do that even in a group where they don't pray that way because we hear about it in scripture and we hear that this is true and sometimes people are frightened of something we don't need to be frightened about. So in exposing people to, you know, hey, you know, I'm still normal. You know, I pray in tongues, doesn't make me, you know, swing on the chandelier. I'm still a normal <laughs> person, you know, who likes to have fun, but also who loves Jesus and just wants to, to do whatever he wants. And uh, I had started to pray in tongues in that group. And one of the ladies afterwards said to one of the, the leaders of the group, he said, she said, you know, when she was praying in tongues, I understood everything. She was speaking perfect English. So I said to him, I said, but I speak English anyway. She, she, he said, no, 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 you were speaking perfect English. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know what perfect English is, so I'm guessing, <laughs> but English is very imperfect. But she understood everything in perfect English, whatever that means. <laughs> and, um, but that was for her the experience of hearing someone praying in tongues and understanding everything because the Lord was saying something to her mm. in that. I did not need to know what it was. He was speaking to her directly through that. So that was one experience not so long ago for somebody who had never heard 
you know, tongues before. And so that openness to, to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And um, yeah, so still, and actually as we're growing, and uh, because when I first started 20 years ago, it might have just been, you know, just think about a baby. So for those of you who pray already in tongues, forgive me for, for this, but say it's just you start with ba, 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 ba. But with the years, a bit like a language, it develops. And sometimes you have a second one or a third one, or some people sing in tongues. So it's actually in being open to God using us and using the gifts of the Holy Spirit. There are different ways in which, yeah, exciting. <laughs> I yeah. get very excited if I need to stop me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much, both of you. I, I think it's, it's lovely because we, what you've described there is two different journeys with with the gifts of the Holy Spirit but in both of them you're both with you know listening to you talk about them there's so much joy in your voices and that's to me that's like you know we we know him by the fruits and the fruits just even just your relationship with the Holy Spirit you're filled with joy um and I think that would definitely be true of of my relationship with the Holy Spirit as well again as a, a cradle Catholic uh, you know I definitely would say you know if you, if you ask me when the holy Spirit, i would definitely say at my baptism and then at my confirmation which i was talking about uh, a couple of episodes ago definitely i felt like at that moment in my confirmation i chose the holy spirit for myself but it, it, there's just so many layers and every time that i think oh yeah i've got it now I, I i get the holy spirit i've got the holy spirit now that's it there's always another layer and there's always more and i think that that sort of and there's, there's never and I really liked what you were saying Alice about Mary sort of looking back and recognizing um and, and at the at Pentecost when when we've got the language for it looking and reflecting back and we know that Mary ponders so pondering over her her life and going oh yeah that was the Holy Spirit Holy Spirit and I've got the language for it and I feel like that's very much how Mark Holy Spirit is quite often I'd recognize it later so I'd be in a conversation where I uh, I don't know what to say I don't know how to respond to this person's questions but I just do a quick come on Lord send your spirit be with me in this and then looking back I go oh yeah actually I came up with some really good answers there <laughs> that was good or maybe I didn't come up with those answers you know <laughs> um yeah that that sort of pondering um and I find that's really important for me. You know, I try to, at the end of the day, I try to look back over my day and, and, and pray in my evening prayer about the things that have happened in the day. And quite often I'll recognise the work of the Holy Spirit that I didn't recognise necessarily at the time. But when I look back, I go, oh, yeah, I should have known, really. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. So why do we think it's important uh, to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. I think lots of people would say that they have a relationship with God the Father. Lots of people know about having a relationship with Jesus, but perhaps it's not quite as common in the general uh, Catholic population to talk about that relationship with the Holy Spirit. So why do we think it's important to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit? And perhaps how if, if that's something that someone listening to the podcast is thinking that sounds really good and i'd like to have a relationship with the holy spirit but i don't know what to do next are there any sort of tips or practical steps that you would recommend in terms of getting to know the holy spirit and activating those gifts 
I think I think it's really important, and I think like what you're saying, if is really true, that a lot of a lot of Catholics just don't have this language. I think it's not something we talk about so often. So, um, you know, we might not even talk about God the Father and, and distinguish God from Jesus. Um, I think we're very good talking about, um, well, we talk often about Christ, don't we, in the Catholic Church rather than Jesus, but we do talk about Jesus and we do focus on the cross and we focus on the Easter and the resurrection. Um, and here we are, you know, 50 days after Easter, and we're celebrating this, what we call the birth of the church through the Holy Spirit. And Jesus even says to us, you know, it's better that I go away so that you can receive the advocate. Like Jesus is saying the Holy Spirit is even better than he is, you know. So I think it, I think from Jesus's words, <laughs> you know, and the fact that he desires to give us this spirit, which mm -hmm. is his spirit, um, shows us how important it is to have this relationship. And I think... I think it's about unlocking something, you know, when we start to talk about these things, people can come into an understanding, come into an awareness. Um, so I think becoming aware of it is key. Um, I think sometimes the Holy Spirit's the best kept secret in the church, yeah. but it's not at all. You know, when you read the, the word of God, when you read the church's documents, the Holy Spirit's everywhere, but the Holy Spirit's just kind of keep behind the scenes, you know, like Mary mm. keeps behind the scenes. Um, and yeah, I think I think the it's it's the key behind everything we've talked about in this part of the our our season of the podcast. You know, since Easter, we've talked about God's power to transform, and I think God's power to transform is the Holy Spirit. So yeah. I think the Holy Spirit is is God who is within us. As Legra said, we received in our baptism, we received um, was confirmed in us in our confirmation. And it's the Holy Spirit in us now. It's that it's God in us now acting. So um, it's essential. Uh, relationship with the Holy Spirit is essential. In fact, the the Holy Spirit is working in you anyway. Even if you don't recognize it, if, you've, if you're a baptized believer, <laughs> you know, the Holy Spirit's at work in you. The Holy Spirit is that action of God that Allegra spoke about. It's the Holy Spirit that is drawing us into relationship with God. It's the Holy Spirit that enables us to pray it's the Holy Spirit that um, acts in us to do the things that God is calling us to do. It's God's power and it's God's presence. So in those moments where we experience maybe something of the closeness of God, mm. and even if we don't experience it, like I, th I love what Allegra said, you know, that the people on her course said, don't be disappointed if you don't feel anything, because it's not about feelings. It's, mm. it's just about the reality. The truth is that the Holy Spirit is in us. And... In terms of, you know, how we, how can we engage with this more if it's, if it's new to us? Or even if it's not new to us, there's a there's a, there's a a sister from New York, Sister Nancy Keller, always goes, there's always more of the Holy Spirit, you know. <laughs> like So wherever we are in the journey, there's always more of the Holy Spirit. And I think the key thing is to pray to the Holy Spirit, ask the Holy Spirit to, to come, to be aware of Him. And I'd like to come back to that word, that Allegra used of disposition because I think mm. it's about our disposition to the Holy Spirit being open to that gift um, that has already been given to us in baptism and um, I was also thinking of that scripture verse that Allegra um, shared earlier of, from um, to Timothy that we're called to fan into a flame the gift that was given through the laying on of hands so like the gift has been given we have it it's like you've been given this present but the question is have you unwrapped it 
And if you did unwrap it and you just didn't really know what it was, did you just leave it on the shelf? You know, or did you open it up and read the instruction manual and go, wow, this is like the most amazing machine, you know, or whatever it is that God's given us. And and coming back again to Thomas Aquinas, he says, you know, that that is the that's the key, that our disposition, our openness to receiving the Holy Spirit is what unlocks the power and the grace of the sacraments so so our sacrament our, even our baptism our confirmation could be tied there's this theology in saint thomas aquinas that they can remain tied until we choose to undo them so i have that image of opening a present like it's got a bow yeah. in it you know we need to open it we need to get it out of the box we need to learn we can read in the gospels we can read you know a really good place to go to is the middle of john's gospel where jesus was always talking about the holy spirit and then also in Corinthians, um, Paul's always talking really, really clearly, um, instructionally uh, about the Holy Spirit and his gifts. So I think it's all there at our fingertips. It's just that we don't necessarily dive into it. So I just encourage everyone who's listening, whether you're familiar or not, you know, really familiar <laughs> or not at all, is just to ask for the more that God has for us because mm. he always has more for us. And I think it's it's all about our openness um, our openness to receive and our desire for it. You know, Paul says, desire eagerly the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So desire and prayer, that those would be my, yeah. my responses. Yeah. I mean, I, I think when I'm listening to what you're saying, Alice, and thinking about my experience of how the Holy Spirit became a bigger part of my life, I would say exactly like you said, wanting it, praying for it. But also I would say be with, Speak, speaking to other people and and hearing about other people's experiences of the Holy Spirit helps me to know even because it's difficult to ask for something what it is it's difficult to ask for something when you've no idea what it's about so I think for me being putting myself in situations and asking people questions and it can be kind of a really scary question to ask that like what's your experience of the Holy Spirit and sometimes it can be a bit intimidating if it's you know if it's someone that you think, oh, this person is clearly on fire with the Holy Spirit and I have no idea what they're on about. Is yeah, you know, you talked about you know, hearing people praying in tongues and not knowing what that is. That could be quite scary and intimidating. But actually having the courage to to say, Well, what is that? Can you explain what what on earth is going on there? And and yeah, praying with people. And I suppose I wanted to say, like, if, if there are people listening to this podcast who are not with you know, are not in contact with others who are, who are um, who, who you're able to ask those questions of, then please don't sit there thinking, I can't take part in this. You know, it makes some, con you know, we keep saying on the podcast, get in touch with us. We absolutely mean it. Get in touch and, and, and find out. Um, and we can put you in touch, perhaps with people nearby to you or, or join our Facebook group or things like that and, and, and make contact because having people around you it, that you know jesus didn't mean for us to do this on our own though in the upper room they were all together you know they were there with mary who already had this experience of the holy spirit and she could explain to them what she knew of the holy spirit so when this terrifying thing of people, everyone's heads being on fire happens you know she was able to go oh i know what this is <laughs> but yeah reach out and talk to people and 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 we do this christian life together I think for me, you know, when in asking about the relationship and, you know, what you both said, and I've probably come back on a couple of what you've said, you know, yourselves, is 
you know, when you look at God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, um, very often we don't know how to have a relationship with, with the Holy Spirit because we know God the Father is the creator. You know, when we think of God the Father is the creator, he created everything, he created us. And Jesus, you know, with the Gospels, we know who Jesus is and we know that Jesus is our Savior. With the Holy Spirit is, okay, so who is the Holy Spirit in the Godhead, you know? What's the mission of the Holy Spirit? What exactly does the Holy Spirit do? But actually, it's a bit like, um, you know, I was thinking it started to rain here, but of the wind. And, you know, you might not be able to see the wind, but maybe you can feel it. Or, you know, you can experience the wind without being able to physically see. And with the Holy Spirit, again, how the, the church teach, teaches us about the Holy Spirit, and I mentioned that earlier, is that the, we don't see the Holy Spirit. The only way we know the Holy Spirit or we know the presence of the Holy Spirit because he is the one who reveals Christ to us. Christ, the image of the unseen God. But it is the Holy Spirit that enables us, disposes us to welcome Jesus. And, you know, I look at my own faith and I try to look at the before and the after. And, you know, I said, you know, I was brought up in the church, you know, cradle Catholic. But my idea of God was one of a distant God. But after I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, after I was open to the Holy Spirit, my relationship with Jesus changed. My relationship with God changed in terms of it was no longer a distant God I had read about or I knew about and knew what he had done, but it was about the relationship and the personal relationship, especially the personal relationship with Jesus, who reveals the Father to us, who is the image of the Father. And so... How do we know that the Holy Spirit is working in our lives is by how we see our relationship with Jesus going deeper and growing. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. That's one of the ways we see the Holy Spirit in enabling us and disposing us to welcome uh, Jesus, to reveal Jesus to us. How can we continue then to grow in this relationship? It's again going back to Our Lady and her disposition is for us to be disposed to, sorry, I keep using that word. It's just blowing my mind away, you know, looking back at that. But it's like Our Lady, it's the attitude that we have, you know, our openness. So I would say be open to the Holy Spirit. We might not know exactly where, you know, this journey will take us or what the Holy Spirit will do. But being, being open to the Holy Spirit, uh, because the Father will never refuse the Holy Spirit to all of us. So asking, being open, waiting, and trusting, trusting. And uh, if I can give an advice to, our, you know, to, to the listeners, um, is that be greedy for the Holy Spirit. Or maybe St. <laughs> Paul puts it you know, more, you know, more subtly by saying earnestly, earnestly desire you know, the mm. gift of the Holy Spirit. But what I would say is be greedy for the Holy Spirit. Um, but I might say, instead of being greedy for the gifts of the Holy Spirit, be greedy for the giver of the gifts. And because sometimes, and you know, we might say, oh, I'd love the gift of healing. Oh, I'd love to be able to do this. I'd love to do that. But actually, for us in being open is be open to the giver of the gifts. Be open to the Holy Spirit. Because as he is the giver of the gifts, if I'm greedy for the Holy Spirit and I keep saying more, Lord, you know, more of your spirit in me, the giver of the gift comes with the gifts because they, they are his. 
And so what I have found in my life is I pray for the giver of the gifts. I pray for the Holy Spirit to fill me because if the Holy Spirit fills me and if I can walk in the Spirit, it means that in whatever situation or in a situation, the Holy Spirit will give me the gift that is needed in that moment. So it might be a word of encouragement. It might be certain wisdom. It might be faith. It might be healing. It might be the miraculous. So actually, by being greedy for the Holy Spirit and wanting more of the Holy Spirit, I'm open to all the gifts of the Holy Spirit through him. Um, but again, and Ali said that earlier, you know, Jesus said that we would do more work than him. We would do greater work than him because he was going back to the Father. But he was sending us the advocate. He was going to send us the guide, the person who would lead us to the truth. And so it's like, wow, you know, we're going to do more amazing work that Jesus did. But we saw what Jesus did. You know, he did the impossible. But that's because he's saying, well, actually, you're going to do that. I'm going back to the Father, and we know Jesus intercedes for us, and he gave us his spirit. The spirit that, Jesus, that raised Jesus from the dead is the same spirit living in us. So can we do the impossible? Well, in the power of God, we can. You know, mm. in the power of the spirit, we can. So I don't know if it's great to encourage people to be greedy, but I'm going to do <laughs> On this Pentecost, be greedy and yeah. ask and ask for the Holy Spirit. Ask for the giver of the gifts. So ask for the Holy Spirit to fill you and continue to ask every day. And um, how do we recognize him? Just look again, that word ponder and looking back and saying, look at where I was and look at where I am now. Mm -hmm. And we recognize him because of our relationship with Jesus. We recognize him in the ways that he uses us. We recognize him in the fruits of mm -hmm. that relationship and the intimacy with God that the Holy Spirit enables us to have. So, yeah, pray, greedily pray for the Holy Spirit today on Pentecost. Amen. <laughs> I will be doing that. <laughs> more, 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 all the time. I love more. that. I love that, how you've brought us to that, Allegra, because I thought that's so important, isn't it, that actually if yeah. we just ask for the Holy Spirit, we, we have the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit's gifts are just part of him and, and what he brings, yeah. you know. And, um, and also that you brought us back to Our Lady there, I was um, just reminded as we were praying since the beginning of this podcast of an icon that I have. Um, it's a Polish icon of Our Lady holding the Holy Spirit. And for me, there was a moment of connection. I don't know how many people listening maybe joined in the consecration to Mary last year that we were invited to do by the bishops. And um, I've prayed at consecration to Our Lady a lot of times in my life, but I found that book, which is a bit more simple to read than <laughs> Louis de Montfort's version, um, more challenging because I was like, do I really want to give everything to Mary? Like, yeah. well, surely I want to give it all to Jesus. And there was a moment, I think it's in the theology of Maximilian Kolbe, and he speaks about um, Mary as the created immaculate conception, but the Holy Spirit is the uncreated immaculate conception. And something kind of connected in my head. I thought, oh, I can consecrate myself to Mary because it's just the same as consecrating myself to the Holy Spirit. And as you were just sharing there, I just thought for some people, they can pit themselves against kind of, oh, well, I'm Marian in my devotion and I'm charismatic or I'm contemplative. or And I just think the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit is God. Mm. And um, it doesn't matter how you, how you express that. Um, but the reality is that, you know, 
God wants to be in us <laughs> and it's necessary that God is in us. The Holy Spirit is God who is in us, yeah. giving us everything that we need in order to follow him. And and then we are, that we will be like Mary, you know, we will be, um, she's an example to us, isn't she, of, of, of what we can be when we are open to the Holy Spirit. Mm. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to thank you for those things that you'd shared because I think, that's a really helpful way to think about it and to pray for the Holy Spirit rather than the gifts because some people just get focused, like you were saying, on mm -hmm. one or other of these gifts. Even for people that listening today, we've talked quite a bit about tongues and maybe that's new to you. Don't don't get focused on that, but just focus on what what is it the Holy Spirit wants to give you, you know, and go mm -hmm. on that exciting ride, I guess. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much, ladies, for your time today. Um, and... Um, for your words of wisdom. It's been such a pleasure to speak to you both today. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you for having us. <laughs> okay, so that brings us to the end of season two of the Beloved Podcast and what a journey we have been on. I'm thinking back to where we started uh, just before Lent on Valentine's Day, we went into the desert um, and then all through Lent and then Holy Week with uh, and into Easter and then the journey that we've been on through the Easter season. We made it. Hooray! <laughs> well done. And well done to you, Ifa. Ifa's done a lot of the work for this and I know she'll be thanking everyone later, but a big thank you to Ifa for all the work that you've done. Oh, um, we had some great uh, feedback and one of the suggestions that was given to us was that often on podcasts they have a question and answer episode so we've decided that we're going to do a bonus episode um which we'll be releasing on the 11th of june friday the 11th of june which is the feast of the sacred heart um which seems apt for beloved so we would love it if you would send any questions that you might have had listening to these episodes um and send those questions to us at beloved at zioncommunity.org.uk. For those of you who are on our mailing list, uh, we will send you um, some questions to answer to help us feedback and just think about the way forward with the podcast. Um, so if you're not on our mailing list, please do send us an email, beloved at zioncommunity.org.uk, so we can um, send you that questionnaire or you can just share with us your feedback no. but do sh send any thoughts or questions that would help us to build that um, extra episode that we're going to send out next month yeah and we are we are in the process of sort of discerning what works and what's going to be the best thing going forward with the podcast so if you've got views about sort of how often you'd like the podcast to happen or the length of the episode or any of that sort of thing besides obviously any questions about sort of the the topics that we've covered um uh or anything that's particularly struck you we'd really really like um your feedback on that and we're also in the process of thinking about the possibility of do putting on some real in-person beloved retreats again um once conditions allow that um but more details about that will hopefully be forthcoming in that bonus episode where we might know a bit more about how possible that's going to be yes we're hopeful we're hopeful with boris <laughs> um so just a, a reminder to those of you who who have only perhaps just started listening to us the beloved ministry is a part of zion communities ministries 
and it's Zion community who's been supporting us to um, to do this work and will be um, hosting those retreats when we're enabled to have them once again. So we'd love you to just prayerfully consider um, becoming a benefactor of the Zion community to support us in our work, especially if you'd like to see the podcast continue. Um, I think if we're going to make this a longer term project, then we need to um, shore up some finances for that. So please do send us um, any any donations you could manage. Um, if you go to the Zion Community website, the link is in the episode notes. You'll find various ways of giving, but I'd particularly like to highlight um, the opportunity to become a regular monthly benefactor um, because we have um, an anonymous donor who is willing to match your monthly contributions by 50% at the moment because of the lockdown and the, the pandemic and the way it's affected our finances. So if you could consider giving us, even if it's a small amount each month, or if you're already a benefactor design community, perhaps increasing um, that donation, that was really going to help us. But if you're just able to give us a small donation, one-off donation, because you're not able to regularly give to us, then that is also very much um, gratefully received. And we'd also gratefully receive your prayers for the work of our community and the work of beloved and moving forward. So now we're going to move into our time of praise and of prayer. We're going to be listening to uh, uh, Alice and Fran singing again. Um, so uh, yeah, I invite you to join in um, and to pray with us and then Claire's going to lead us in prayer.
dear sister, I invite you to join me now as I pray for us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Mary, we look to you as our model of what it is to live a life truly filled with the Holy Spirit. Pray for us now. Oh Jesus, you promised us the paraclete, the advocate, your Holy Spirit. Fill us now with your Spirit, Jesus. Fill us now. Send your Spirit that we can be filled with you. Dear sister, may you choose to be filled with the Holy Spirit today and every day, to be inhabited by the Holy Spirit, to be a temple to him. Come Holy Spirit and fill each of us to the depths of our being. Come and fill those needs within us that only you know we have. Come and fill us with a love for you and for your creation, for your people, for your world. Lord Jesus, may we be so full of you that we bring you to everybody that we meet. May we be so full of your spirit that we're able to reach out in your name to do your works, to do even greater than you did, just as you promised. Holy Spirit, come and speak in our hearts and in our minds. Come and lead us and guide us. Show us those people you need us to reach out to. Show us the next step in our life, in our day. Lead us in the big things and the little things. Come Holy Spirit and fill us now. Come Holy Spirit. May we be open to you each and every day. May we invite you in each and every day. Come Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, beloved sisters, for joining us on this journey through Lent, Holy Week, Easter and Pentecost. And thank you to everyone who's helped to make this podcast a reality, including Andy, Fran, Jim, Kasha, Claire, Jenny and Sean. And a special thank you to Alice for sharing the hosting with me this season. Of course, I also need to thank Allegra for joining us today. We truly hope the podcast has blessed you and we look forward to hearing your thoughts and questions for our bonus episode for the Feast of the Sacred Heart. Until then, beloved sisters, know we are praying for you, and you are 
God's beloved and his desire is for you.